I'm so honoured you've joined me here at a soul-filled home. I'm your host, Emily Nair. I'm a heart-led, intuitive building and interior designer, as well as being a passionate creator and advocate for home design that reminds and reconnects us with who we are at a soul level. With an open mind and an open heart, I honestly don't feel like there are any topics that are off the table for us to have the deeper, honest, raw exploration and conversations around. And let's explore how and what it means for our homes to be designed and created in a way that connects us with who we are at a soul level. As a client, it's a really powerful experience to co-create with a designer who has skin in the game, so to speak, who has personal lived experience with the particular spaces they're designing. So for example, a designer who is a primary carer of their kids, when they're the ones doing the school runs, the homework, the laundry, the cooking, the cleaning, etc. A designer who is also an everyday user of the same spaces they're designing brings a whole other level and a whole other layer of intimate knowledge to the table. I'm saying that and realizing it sounds like common sense, which yes, it is. And yet, in my experience, in that early stage of the journey, when you're looking to connect with a building designer, interior designer, or architect, it tends to be something that either gets overlooked or, in my opinion, there's not enough significance placed on the importance of it. Throughout my 23-odd years of being a building and interior designer, who I co-create with and the types of projects I'm drawn to has evolved as a result of life-changing experiences that have shown up at my door and I've navigated through. It's why designing the design of spaces within the health and wellness industry is so close to my heart. It's why designing homes for young families, for single parents, for those who've gone through a significant life experience and have emerged on the other side with a whole new outlook on life. For those who aren't familiar with my story, very briefly, 12 years ago, I navigated a 12-month journey through bowel cancer. At the time, I was married and we had <laughs> we had an energetic four-month-old and a five-year-old. Through that time, my boys and I got to intimately know the ins and the outs of the emergency ward, hospitals in general, my oncologist's different suites of offices, my gastroenterologist's offices, pathology suites, chemo wards. I think you're getting the picture. Here's the thing. You don't know what you don't know. I just realized that's a saying that I, <laughs> that you'll hear me say regularly as well. That journey and that experience through bowel cancer cracked me wide open in so many ways. As a designer, the most powerful gift from that journey was being shown and being able to experience firsthand how the spaces that we live in, that we 
move through, that we visit, that we work in, directly influence, you know, I'm going to get emotional, the human experiences we have. Prior to that life experience, I was going about being a building and interior designer. I was bringing all of my passion, all of my enthusiasm and my practical design experience as I was working with clients and builders. And at the risk of sounding egotistical, I actually thought I was pretty good at what I was doing. I was receiving positive feedback from others. I was loving what I was doing. I was really enjoying being able to help other people create their dream homes. At that point, I'd been in the industry for many, many, many years, (laughs) working in a range of different roles. I had seen and experienced lots of different things. In hindsight, I recognize now that for the most part, it was all following textbook logical ways of designing. And on very rare occasions, I would have moments of bravery where I would listen to my intuition and be able to bring that into my design. Obviously, I can't speak for everyone else as we all have our own journeys. We definitely all have our own journeys. That being said, it's inconceivable to me that anyone could go through something life-changing like cancer without it having a significant impact on you, without you, hopefully God willing, emerging out the other end with fire in your belly to grab life with both hands and do things differently, to live life differently. The impact for me personally was honestly in all areas of my life. But the most unexpected part was the impact and the influence it had on me as a designer. I got to experience firsthand as a soul and as a human being and as a patient what it's like to have your world turned upside down. I got to experience firsthand what it's like to be constantly thinking about your own mortality, constantly thinking about life and what it actually means to be alive and to be living. It made me sit up and suddenly I started noticing things around me that I'm actually embarrassed to admit I hadn't noticed before. Things that were always there, I just never had I never had the presence of mind to pay them any attention. Imagine imagine already feeling heightened with all of those thoughts and emotions racing through your mind and your body. Oh, I've got goosebumps sharing that. Mm. (sighs) Living with a cloud of uncertainty in relation to my own mortality. Stress levels are through the roof, through the roof. Carrying and living with that constantly day in and day out, already having a deep fear of being in and out of hospitals. That's a whole other story. Add then the layers on top of that of having to attend constant medical appointments with a range of different medical specialists. <laughs> to be honest, I, I didn't even know they existed. Stressing out about where do I find a car park, stressing out about the actual appointment, stressing out about walking into a new space. It made me see and experience things in a really different way. I'm now, (laughs) 
I'm now a passionate advocate for spaces that are designed specifically for human experiences and obviously that that are relevant to the particular space. And when I talk about human experiences, I'm talking about designing spaces that support us, that nurture us, that make us feel a particular way, that inspire us to be the best versions of ourselves, that connect us with ourselves, that connect us with those that matter the most. And again, obviously it's relative to the particular space, but the two go hand in hand. The way that a space is designed directly influences and impacts how we as humans experience that space. This is a really big topic, and it's not one that we're going to be able to unpack in one podcast episode. My intention is to plant a seed and to start a conversation that I will and we will continue to have over the coming episodes, a conversation where we can unpack the concept of how our environments and our spaces impact how we feel, how we respond, and how we move through our day-to-day lives. I want to pause to let that land for a moment. It's really powerful. It's really powerful to be in a space, an environment or home that's been designed with intuition and soulful intentionality because they are the spaces that are going, it's making me emotional again, they are the spaces that are going to support you in responding in a certain way interacting with others in a certain way, showing up, showing up for and living life in a certain way. Imagine what that would be like. Imagine what that would, what that would feel like. Being a designer, experiencing what I did, I now have the precious gift of being able to wear both hats. So the hat of a designer and the hat of a patient or the hat of a human being and soul that has actually experienced and moved through particular medical environments and spaces. I really want to emphasize this. It's more than the health, well-being and medical spaces. It's also, and I will speak to this in future episodes, that experience also had such a profound impact on my home and how I view, experience and now design homes. Again, that's a whole other story for a future episode. Let's stick with health, well-being, medical side of things for the moment and speak specifically to how design can impact how you feel, respond, and move through your day-to-day life. So picking up on the thread that I'd started earlier, having been diagnosed with experiencing and journeying through a significant health challenge, showing up for all the different appointments, walking into completely new spaces when I'm already feeling anxious, My senses were heightened before I even left my home. So then I'm in my car, I'm fighting traffic, I'm stressed about the appointment that I'm about to have, I'm stressing about what news I'm going to receive, I'm stressed about whether I'm going to arrive on time because of traffic. Everything in me is heightened. I'm stressing about parking, I'm stressing about finding a car park close enough, navigating the pram, the boys. If I can't get a car park close enough, will I need to walk? How do I get there? Walking up to the particular building and trying to figure out where the hell is the entrance? Because it's not obvious. Where am I going? There are signs 
everywhere that are saying, do this, do that, don't do this, don't do that. I'm just like, ah, this is even more information coming at me as I'm walking into a, like walking into a new space. Eventually I figure out where I'm walking in and I walk into the space. And as I walk in, I am hit with a thousand and one things going on within that space. Oh, I can feel like the, the emotion as I'm sharing this. It has a distinct smell. It has particular lighting, which doesn't put me at ease at all. In fact, it's the opposite. It actually makes me feel more on edge. It makes my senses even more heightened than they already were. Navigating my way to figuring out, okay, what do I do now? <laughs> Where do I need to go to reception so that I can check in? Where's the waiting room? Where do I sit? I don't want to talk to people. I don't, I do not want to sit too close to people. I want to have a view. I don't want to be sitting here in a waiting room looking at a TV. I want to be distracted. I don't want to be thinking about what's to come. I don't want to be reminded of time. I don't want to be thinking about how long have I been sitting in this waiting room and who has come and gone before me. I don't want to be thinking about and seeing any of that stuff. These are the things that are going on that I'm experiencing, that I'm feeling. I'm responding to different things in that space. I'm responding to the noise from the floor, from people walking along the flooring because it's got an, a, a tinny echo to it. I'm responding to the brightness of the lighting and the clinical feeling of the lighting, which just, as I said earlier, puts me more on edge. I'm responding to the chair that I'm sitting in. It's either making me feel, it's making me feel a particular way. I'm either able to take a breath and sit back and relax, or I'm feeling like I'm literally on the edge of my seat and it's all I can do to get up and walk out the door again. I'm responding and feeling a particular way because I can hear the receptionists. I can hear the conversations they're having. All of this stuff is happening. It's the noise of the TV that's going on in the reception area. It's how visually busy the space is, how visually busy the waiting room is. It's how close the person is sitting next to me. It's whether the layout makes sense and things are located where you'd logically anticipate them to be. All of this stuff, it's all having a significant impact on how I'm feeling and how I'm in turn responding. So when I get called by the specialist consultant and I walk into that room and they're then sitting down wanting to give me medical information and advice, how much of that information I actually absorb has already been predetermined based on all of those different things I've just seen, felt and responded to. What does it actually feel like to be in a space that makes you feel calm and expanded? My oncologist, during the 10 years of seeing him, purchased a Victorian-era terrace and engaged an architectural team to convert the home into his practice. <laughs> On reflection, it's actually funny that we never had conversations about it, given what I do and that my passion and love for Victorian-era architecture. Anyway, location-wise, it was opposite the hospital that I'd come to know and experience all too well. From my first appointment in this new practice, 
I was familiar with the general location. I was familiar with the parking and the traffic and all that kind of stuff. I knew that the street was filled with gorgeous Victorian era terrace homes that over the years have been purchased and converted by medical professionals because of its location to the hospital. Having parked and walked along the street, and I'm in a complete daze, I'm drinking in all of the gloriousness of the Victorian era terraces I was walking walking past, whilst at the same time keeping an eye on house numbers so that I actually knew where I was going. I found where I needed to be. I'm at the front door, hand on the doorknob, pushing the door open. Here's what I noticed. There was weight to the door. It sounds odd to say that. It sounds odd to share, but there was a sense of safety from that, that it was solid and it was strong. The doorknob was patterned, which as a tactile experience was a surprise and brought my focus to that present moment. I didn't need to buzz to be allowed in and there weren't a thousand and one instructional signs at the front door. That made me feel like I was in control, that I had agency. As I opened the door and I stepped inside, pausing for a moment to reorientate myself, (laughs) I realised I was standing in a typical Victorian era hallway. The lighting was soft and it had a gorgeous warm hue to it. The doors off the hallway, which in a Victorian era home, when you when you walk in the front door, it's you walk straight into a hallway and it's a long hallway and the rooms come off that hallway. The doors off the hallway were a dark, had been painted a dark, grounding solid color whereas the walls were more of a warm softer neutral color the warm there was warm lighter colored floorboards with a patterned runner down the center that led to a glimpse of reception that was at the end of the hallway (laughs) i immediately felt at ease and calm my breathing instantly shifted from being shallow to deep. I'd never been there before and yet it felt so familiar and so safe to me. That's a big deal. There was a general buzz of activity in the air and that rather than it feeling like it was noisy and overwhelming, it actually felt balanced and it felt like it belonged. It took the <laughs> it took the energetic and bubbly practice manager who come to know quite well over the years, who was whizzing out from one room into another at the end of the hallway to notice me and ask <laughs> if I was okay. For and it took her to ask that for me to realize that I hadn't moved that I was still standing at the beginning of the hallway from when I'd walked in the front door and I was standing in complete stillness for no other reason other than I wanted to drink it all in. It was so unexpected. It was so different to all the other medical spaces that I had experienced 
and it completely caught me off guard in a good way. Walking to the end of the hallway, checking in at reception, there was a very clear visual to the waiting room, which had (laughs) four to ceiling glass wall that overlooked a landscaped car parking area. And that had views of the surrounding properties. There was light flooding in and you felt like you were outdoors, not sitting in an oncologist's waiting room. With that view and the connection to outdoors, to the outside world, time melted away. There was a distant sense of other people sharing the same space. But I also felt a sense of privacy, of a sense of having my own space. When I was called for my appointment, I was so ridiculously relaxed, calm and grounded. I was seeing the same oncologist. I was seeing the same staff. It was my same regular appointment, my same regular visit. I walked in with the same usual apprehension, anxiety, shallow breathing, that feeling of I so don't want to be here. That all shifted the moment I entered the space as a patient and as a visitor of that space. Oh, what a potent gift to receive. You can have the most visually pretty, aesthetically pleasing and functional space around, but if your space isn't grounded in human experience, if it doesn't have consideration for the people using it, and how they're going to feel, respond, and in turn, move through their day-to-day life. What, like, what the hell is the point? We experience, interact with, and move through spaces every day. For the most part, hopefully it's with ease and flow, without anything that is overly jarring or triggering to you. Maybe it's not something that you notice or have awareness of. And if that's true with love, my invitation to you is that the next time you're in a new space, slow down, take a breath, let your eyes wander. What do you see? How do you feel? How is your body responding to the space? What can you smell? What's the, what's the vibe of the space? Does it feel inviting? Do you want to linger? Or do you want to get the hell out of there? (laughs) Maybe the spaces that you've interacted with and experienced today did in fact have an impact on you. They did in fact influence you because it's the end of the day and you're feeling wired or emotionally and mentally exhausted for no logical reason. So I'm really curious, what spaces were you in today and what were you doing in those spaces today? I am beyond grateful that you joined me for this conversation. It would mean so much to me to be able to feel you through what landed, what you loved, or even if you have any shared experiences. Please connect with me because I would genuinely love to hear from you. Show me that you enjoyed this episode by subscribing, leaving a review, sharing this episode with a friend and on socials. If you do share it on socials, please tag me at Emily Nair Design and that way I can say hi and send you some love and thanks. We should do this again next fortnight 
with fresh cup of tea and maybe a glass of wine with a new topic. So until then, I'm wishing you a fabulous fortnight ahead and I'm so looking forward to connecting again soon.